98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, the ICAC charges one of the founders of Occupy Central, Benny Tai, with breaching election rules. A court adjourns the hearing of pro-democracy activist Tam Tak Chi, who is alleged to have chanted seditious slogans. And the head of Hong Kong's Olympics delegation says athletes should be allowed to focus on competing and not be distracted by politics. The ICAC has charged one of the founders of Occupy Central, Benny Tai, for allegedly breaching election rules over the LegCo polls in 2016. The anti-graft body alleges Mr Tai and two others incurred election expenses as they weren't candidates in the election. As Damon Pang reports, they will appear in Eastern Court on Friday. Benny Tai has been remanded in custody since February after he was charged with violating the national security law over the pro-democracy electrical primaries last year. Five years ago, he came up with a plan called Thunder Go, which aimed to maximise the pro-democracy vote by getting the camp's voters to back candidates who had the best chance of winning. Mr Tai has now been accused of breaching election laws for allegedly engaging in illegal conduct by promoting the voting scheme in the media. He and the directors of a company, Ip Kim Ching and Sek Sao Ching, are accused of placing adverts worth more than a quarter of a million dollars in two newspapers. The ICAC alleges that the money amounted to election expenses, which are not allowed for people who are not standing. The anti-graft body says the charges were laid following advice from the Department of Justice. Prosecutors will seek to transfer the case to the district court. Meanwhile, the district court has adjourned until Thursday the hearing of pro-democracy activist Tam Tak Chi, who faces numerous charges for allegedly chanting seditious slogans. Justice Stanley Chan said it would be better to wait for the High Court's verdict tomorrow in the case of Tong Ying Kit, who has been charged with inciting secession before opening Mr Tam's case. The prosecution agreed with the judge, saying how the upper court interprets the Liberate Hong Kong Revolution of Our Time slogan Mr Tong allegedly displayed on a flag last year would affect the case of the People Power activist because he had used the same slogan. A teenager has been sent to a training centre for throwing a petrol bomb at Mongkok Police Station in 2019 and attempting to flee the city by speedboat along with 11 others before being intercepted by the mainland coast guard. So long reports. District Court Judge Frankie Yu said the firebomb attack was irresponsible and disrespectful of the law, although the bomb did not explode. He said if Huang Lang Fuchs escape to Taiwan had been successful, it would have been very difficult to bring him back, and that would have hurt the public interest. The 17-year-old had pleaded guilty to perverting the course of justice over the escape plan, attempted arson, and possessing articles with intent to damage property. Justice Yu reduced his sentence from six years to four because of his guilty plea. But he said the defendant had already spent a year behind bars and cooperated with police, so he instead sent him to a training centre for the maximum three years. The head of Hong Kong's Olympic delegation says athletes should be allowed to focus on competing and not be distracted by politics. Poi Kwan Kei was commenting after the city's top badminton player aroused anger for wearing a black T-shirt at his singles match. Some pro-Beijing netizens accused him of donning riot clothes favoured by anti-government protesters. Francis Sitt reports. Angerson said he was forced to make his own outfit after he lost his sponsor. So the 27-year-old wore what he said was a comfortable black T-shirt with Hong Kong China printed on the back but was missing the Bohemia emblem. The Hong Kong Badminton Association also took some blame for his attire. 
Speaking on a radio show, the delegation head, Poi Kwan Kei, said no athlete would deliberately not display the emblem, as they felt honoured to be representing Hong Kong. He also said Mr. Ng's clothing met requirements. He urged the public not to politicise the matter, saying it has slightly affected the player, and arrangements were being made for clothes bearing the emblem. Meanwhile, the Facebook page of DAB member Nicholas Mook is no longer accessible after he made critical remarks on the black clothing. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowlin says Hong Kong's zero-COVID strategy is appropriate right now, but isn't good for the long term due to the economic and social costs. Hong Kong has recorded no local coronavirus cases for about six weeks. Anti-epidemic measures, though, remain as only one-third of the population is fully vaccinated. Speaking on RTHK's back chat program, Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health said a zero COVID approach was fine until there was at least a 70% vaccine coverage. I think it's the best strategy in the short term to minimise the impact of COVID while we buy time for vaccines to be available. In the long term, I don't think it's the optimal strategy because there's going to be enormous economic and social costs of trying to stay at zero. And of course, we won't stay at zero the whole time. But if there are outbreaks, if there are cases, we'll, we'll, we'll try hard to get it back down to zero. I'm concerned that in the long term, it may not be the optimal strategy. Speaking on the same programme, David Costello, the Consul General of Ireland to Hong Kong and Macau, praised government efforts here to tackle the virus, but also questioned the sustainability of a zero-COVID strategy. He also pointed out that Ireland was the only country in the European Union whose arrivals to Hong Kong had to do 21 days quarantine, despite it having the best vaccine rates in the EU. I can understand Hong Kong's government's cautiousness because of the lack of vaccine penetration here. However, really since the beginning of February, the Irish rates have been at or below the European average and the vaccine rates have been at or above the European average really since February. And in the last couple of weeks, we've seen huge improvement in the vaccine rates. New coronavirus cases continue to grow in the eastern mainland city of Nanjing with another 38, bringing the total to more than 60 recently. Tens of thousands of people are under lockdown and authorities are conducting mass testing. Vice Foreign Minister Xi Feng says the United States is in no position to talk about human rights in front of China. Comments came during a meeting with the US Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman, who is in Tianjin for talks. Beijing urged the U.S. to stop demonizing China and accused Washington of trying to reignite a sense of national purpose by establishing China as an imaginary enemy. Ms. Sherman will also meet Foreign Minister Wang Yi. The Australian state of New South Wales has recorded 145 new cases of COVID-19 with more than 98,000 people tested. Many of the cases are in southwest Sydney where a hospital worker in the suburb of Liverpool has gone down with the disease. We are uh, responding to an uh, infectious healthcare worker who was at Liverpool Hospital and uh, that person worked whilst infectious. The district is working promptly um, to support urgent patient testing and um, updates will be provided later in the day. That was Kerry Chant from New South Wales Health. Meanwhile, police in New South Wales say they will be out in force if another anti-lockdown protest goes ahead this Saturday. The warning comes after thousands of people took to the streets of Sydney's Central Business District last Saturday, breaching public health orders under the city's lockdown. The state's police commissioner, Mick Fuller, says the force has received about 10,000 tip-offs since the rally. 
We will be heavily policed. We will be taking the ground very early. You will be arrested. The community has spoken about that behaviour. The Premier has spoken about that behaviour and it won't be tolerated again. Civil liberties campaigners in Britain have condemned proposals to make proof of vaccination a condition of entry at Premier League football matches from October. It's BBC's Ben Wright. At the start of the year, ministers said they had no plans for people in England to show proof of vaccination. But it's now clear some freedoms will come with that condition. Earlier this week, the vaccines minister, Nadeem Zahawi, said entry to some high-risk settings where large crowds gather would require people to be fully jabbed from the autumn. But conversations are underway within government about introducing COVID passports at seated outdoor events too. Many Tory MPs fiercely opposed to compulsory COVID passports. Labour said it needed to see the details of what the government was proposing, but said it opposed the use of vaccination status for everyday access to venues and services. A man accused of trying to kill Mali's military strongman, Asimi Goita, has died in custody. The suspect, whose identity has not been revealed, had been taken into custody following the assassination attempt in Bamako on Tuesday. In a statement, the government said the suspect's health had deteriorated and that he had unfortunately died. The man had reportedly tried to stab Mr Goita. Israel has approved a reduction of carbon emissions by at least 85% of 2015 levels by 2015 by 2050 to meet its responsibilities under the Paris Climate Agreement. Israeli Prime Minister Neftali Bennett called it a precedent-setting decision. The climate crisis is real and we are taking action. Today the government is approving a precedent-setting decision that will gradually shift the state of Israel to a low-carbon economy. By 2050, Israel will have a thriving economy which will preserve the beautiful land of Israel for us and preserve the future for our children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Palestinian media have reported airstrikes on Gaza by Israeli aircraft. Sources say a training facility run by Hamas was targeted. The attacks come after militants launched incendiary balloons into Israel, causing three small fires in the Eshkol area near the border. Shares of mainland tutorial companies listed in Hong Kong have plummeted by up to 50%. This comes after Beijing on Friday ordered such firms to register as non-profit and said no new licenses would be granted, triggering a sell-off in those listed here and in the United States. Beijing is hoping the move will ease costs on families and boost the country's birth rate. Alex Wong from Ample Capital told the Money Talk programme it was a bad move that would discourage foreign investors. So foreign investors actually already are very worried about investing in China and then suddenly you basically destroy the value of a very huge sector. Those wealthy people actually will still be able to employ one-on-one private services. So I think this is a really stupid move by the government. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,509. That's 823 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $29 billion. Currencies US dollars trading 110 points through one yen, the euro at one US dollar and 17 cents, and the pound at 10 Hong Kong dollars 68 cents. Sport now, and here's Todd Harding. We start at the Tokyo Games, where Hong Kong athletes have been in action again today. Francis Sit has the details.
First up was Oscar Coggins in the men's individual triathlon, which got off to a rare full start. He finished in 33rd place, and the race was won by Norway's Christian Blumenfeld. In fencing, Chen Ka-long has beaten Julian Martin of France in the men's individual foil round of 64, but Chen Xiu-long was knocked out by German Andre Sanita. Badminton pairing Tang Chen-men and Tae Ying-sut overcame the German pairing of Mark Lemsfiles and Isabel Hertrick, two games to one in their group stage match. There was almost an upset in the first match of the Rugby Sevens, where host Japan took on defending champions and seven specialists Fiji, as we hear from the BBC's Sarah Mulcairins. We could have had a, a victory for the hosts uh, in their opening match in the Rugby Sevens. Remember, Rugby Sevens, this is just the second time it's appearing at the Olympics. It's made its debut uh, in Rio in 2016. Fiji won there. I remember being there, seeing them win that medal. It meant so much to them. And they're back defending their title. Uh, Japan had a great first half of this match. They were in the lead, but then Fiji, well, they turned on the style. They're brilliant with their running, flowing, attacking uh, rugby. And they were able to score two late tries to pull off the victory there. In the swimming pool, Ariane Titmus toppled decorated American great Katie Ledecky to clinch the 400 metres freestyle gold medal, with China's Li Bingjie a distant third. And untouchable 100 metres breaststroke king Adam Peaty became the first British swimmer to successfully retain an Olympic title. And in some news just in, 13-year-old Momiji Nishia of Japan has won the gold medal in the women's street skateboarding competition. China still topped the medals table along with Japan, both have six golds. The United States has five, while South Korea and Australia have two apiece. Fourteen countries have one gold medal each. Games organisers have reported 16 new games-related COVID-19 cases, bringing the total to 148 since July the 1st. Meanwhile, the Dutch rowing team has agreed to separate itself from other competitors after one of its athletes, a coach and a staff member all tested positive for COVID. World number one John Rahm and last year's US Open champion Bryson DeChambeau have both pulled out of the golf tournament, which begins on Thursday after testing positive for COVID-19. But the BBC's Ian Carter says despite that, there's still a strong field. You look at the, the American team in particular, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, who won the Open just a week ago, Xander Schauffele, and now Patrick Reed, who they're all in the world's top 13 players. Rory McIlroy is competing for Ireland. You look at the British team as well, Paul Casey and Tommy Fleetwood, again, very, very strong. So the field is good, but really, Rahm and DeChambeau going, that is a big blow for the tournament because they were two of the, the very biggest names. And that's our look at sports. To end the news, top stories once again. The ICAC charges one of the founders of Occupy Central, Benny Tai, with breaching election rules. Court adjourns the hearing of pro-democracy activist Tam Tak Chi, who is alleged to have chanted seditious slogans. And the head of Hong Kong's Olympics delegation says athletes should be allowed to focus on competing and not be distracted by politics. Now the weather, there'll be sunny periods in isolated showers and thunderstorms. Very hot this afternoon with light to moderate southwesterly winds. Still very hot tomorrow with a few showers. Temperatures currently 33 degrees, humidity 68%. And that's news from RTHK.
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 26th of July is today's date. A very hot Monday afternoon. In fact, it's so hot, the very hot weather warning is in force, and it's 33 degrees Celsius out there. So if you're out and about, do stay hydrated. Big thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. To start today's show, we'll be chatting with Val Wong from the Hong Kong Paws Foundation, also known as Hong Kong Paws, and you'll know them for their rescue, animal rescue work. And so this afternoon, we'll be chatting about animal rescue and also pet adoption. And we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook Live as well. So do join us there if you can. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And after the two o'clock news, we'll be chatting with fitness coach Nathan Solier on part two about getting better protein into our bodies and whether protein shakes and protein supplements are actually a good option. And finally, after 2.30 on Trash Talk today, Marcy Trent Long will be chatting with Chris Brown, who is the founder and director of Sustainable Business Forum Rethink Hong Kong. And of course, we want to hear from you also. So feel free to drop us an email, send us an email at 123show at rthk.hk. You can also get in touch with us via Facebook, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3.